0: Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in for the second episode. I wanna say thank you for the love and support. I can never express how much that means to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This week, is all about my career path. So many of my colleagues have different career paths. Some have masters in art history, some are in statistics, finance, and it's super cool because that means everyone and anyone can get into the culinary space, honestly. So this is how I got to where I am as a culinary producer today. I hope you're ready for the ride. It's going to be a wild and bumpy one. I want to start from the base of our simmer down stew this week. A nice base creates good flavor. Schooling is the base, the foundation, and that's how we're going to get started. So I went to CUNY, got a BA in Media Arts and Communication, minor in English. But I think it really begins with culinary school. I knew I wanted to go to culinary school, and I knew I wanted to become an executive chef, uh, probably in high school. This was right after 9-11, and my family finally decided to get cable because my dad was like, we need to actually watch the news. So we got cable. Oh, it was amazing. Our channel was Food Network, surprising. And we always watch two shows. It was Mark Summers Unwrapped, Mark Summers Throwback. It was really, really great. You got to see how like taffy was made or how candy corn, like kind of unveiling the curtain of how things were made by the time it got to you. And our second favorite show was Iron Chef, the classic, with Morimoto, Sakai, the old chairman. I remember just being mesmerized. It was fun and delicious, extremely entertaining. Also, another show that I really got into was Chopped. I love chop. those baskets fed me through that screen and I remember one particular basket was frog legs peanut butter I forgot what the other thing was but those were two main ingredients I remember I was like I know what to make we just make a peanut butter sauce pan fry the frog legs and boom that's an app and they all looked at me they as in my parents looked at me and was like how did you do that that's when I knew like maybe I could do something with this I started reading more cookbooks, went online, and started just reading and reading and reading. Um, When I wanted to skip college and go straight to culinary school, my mom was like, heck no, you are going to school. I don't care. This is just a fad. You're not doing this. Okay, so went to Hunter, did my internships. But during that time when I was in college, I briefly worked at Wet Seal, and that is located in Soho. And I would always walk by Grand Street, and there was a school with huge glass windows called the French Culinary Institute and it was magnificent. You have to understand I never was exposed to any kind of fine dining food in real life. Only on shows I would see how people plated sauces and colors and it wasn't just homey food that my grandmother and my parents made family style. So this to me was very special. I specifically remember wine glasses and white tablecloths and servers with matching uniforms and day by day every time I walked to work i was like wow it would be so nice to sit there and eat and experience that or how nice would it be to be the person cooking that food and someone's paying money to like eat your food I just thought it was fantastic so one time I was standing there watching people sound a little creeper-ish but I remember I just thought i really really want to save my money up and eat there and i remember the hostess i mean to this day i I think of her she came out she goes can i help you and i was oh no no i'm sorry i'm just walking by she goes well this is a school and i was like oh is that what this is because it was called a coal so i didn't know it was a school but she explained to me that all the students in the back made the food and the people in the front paid a lower price because they understood this was a program for the kids to learn restaurant fields She gave me this little pamphlet thing. It has Jacques Pepin on it. Do you know who Jacques Pepin is? Jacques is a guy, a chef, very talented man, and kind man. He's French. And he cooked with Julia Child on PBS. And I watched it every Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, 5 o'clock or so, with my family. I love Julia. And I'm sure you hear so many people talk about that. But Julia Child was so funny and real. And I didn't even know what real meant at the time, but I remember she was just so witty and did things on a whim. And if something didn't work, she like tossed it to aside. But he was there, who was more of the professionally trained chef, very thick French accent. So they had his picture, kind of like a headshot, with him and his fancy chef whites and a toque which is the traditional french chef hats not the one with the poofy top that's just very ratatouille but more of the straight cone and i remember it said come for a tour if you're interested in the school so in the next day I put that postcard right on my mirror in my bedroom. And every day when I would get ready to go to work or school, I would look and I'm like, I am going for that tour. I'm going to go to that school in meet Jacques Pepin and get my degree and start my dream. I didn't know how I was going to get there because culinary school costs $50,000. Yeah. This is not a four-year program, this was six months. It was extremely, extremely, extremely expensive, especially for a gal like me who went to CUNY who paid $2,000 a semester. This was a six-month program. Six months was the day program, so it was eight to three. And then the evening program was three times a week. You would just go after work or school, it's more for like people who are career changers, but also was a little more affordable and I remember I said I don't care I'm gonna go for the day program I want to get my hands in that field and start as soon as possible because in my head I was already behind the ball because I started after graduation after college graduation so I graduated and I marched right in and I asked for a tour and I got a tour and I saw the classrooms and I went to the demos and I was like, this is where I need to be. So I signed up and I had started school in August of that same year. Funny thing about Connors' school is it's intense. Every month you have a different level. So level one is your first month and then continue and continue. And there's always a class before you or a class after you. And by class, I mean literally you guys are one month apart. And level one, you learn the basics basic knife skills, mother sauces, techniques, all of that stuff. Level two, you get pastry. Level three, it's repetition. Level four is production. So you're like catering, making stocks. Level five and six, you worked at Lacole, which is restaurant experience. Anyway, back to level one, week one. It was a big class. We had about 26 people. It was all walks of life. Some career changers, some didn't go to college, some were like me, and some just in the middle. We all started at the same time. We all had to wear the same uniform, same knife set. Everyone started at the same playing field. That first week, I cut every single finger of mine. And every finger had a bright Smurf Band-Aid. And by this time, I've transitioned to coach And I remember going to work and my colleagues were like, I don't understand why you have all these band-aids on. I'm like, well, I sliced this finger with this knife and I sliced this one with shears, and I sliced this one with a paring knife. And they were just like, why are you doing this? And I was like, I don't know and I'm really scared and I think I made a really bad decision, but I'm $50,000 in the hole and I really wanna do this so I'm gonna stick it out. And luckily I did because by the third week, the wounds healed and I got more and more comfortable and I was like, I could do this. By the time I hit level four, which was production and catering and butchering, I already asked for an internship. I know it wasn't required, but I really wanted to go into an internship. So I picked a Mayan restaurant under Chef Aron Sanchez. And the reason why I picked that restaurant was because he a came for a demo to our school, and I was like, "That's really cool." And I've watched him on Chop, so I knew who he was, and also. Growing up in Sunset Park, my friends, grandmothers, or moms, or dad, would make a rose con pollo, and tacos, and enchiladas, and I just went, that's a really cool culture that I have a taste of, but I wanna learn more, like the flavors. So I went in for a trail, and I got an internship with them, and I learned a lot. I learned how to break down massive, massive pieces of skirt steak, I was the guacamole girl, so I was in the dining room making guacamole. I learned what mole was. I learned how a line worked, which was a huge, huge change from LaCole. At school, we had for one station five to six students. At a restaurant, one line cook is probably doing one station, if not two, depending on the rush. And I, to this day, I feel like I make up. Bomb-ass guacamole because of Centrico. And I also learned how to make churros, which I loved because I always got the Subway churros growing up. Um, so after that internship, I graduated, and I had to find a real job as a line cook. At the time, I was watching Top Chef Masters, and I fell in love with this chef named Anita Lowe. I'm sure you guys have heard of her. If you haven't, Google her. She's amazing. And she had a restaurant called Anissa, which burned down due to an electrical fire a few years prior. And I remember my guidance counselor from FCI kept saying, what are you going to do? Where are you going to start? We need to know where you're going to go. And I was like, I'm waiting for Anissa. I'm waiting for Anissa to reopen. I'm waiting for Anita Lowe. And she was like, they haven't reopened for a while. So what are you doing? I was like, it's okay. I'm working at coach. I'll wait for her to open. She goes, come on, Viv. you graduated in the top five of your class. Like what's happening? I was like, I don't care. I want to wait for her because there is something there. She's A, a female chef. Those are rare because it's a boy's game. It sucks and I wanted to learn under a female chef. Also, she's Asian. She's Asian-American. I saw the ingredients that she worked with on Top Chef Masters was exactly the ingredients I was used to eating as a child. However, she elevated them. Like loofah, not the thing you shower with, the squash. It's long, has ridges. She elevated that squash on fine dining platforms with like a reduction and like grilled scallops. So I waited for her. I put my resume on the website. I tried contacting them. And then one day, I went to check the school career website. And she had an opening. She was like, they're reopening. We're looking for people to trail, which is basically an interview, but it's hands-on. And I was like, oh my god, I have to go meet her. So I went to the restaurant. And they were doing construction. And I, you know, put some slacks on and buttoned down. Like any good interviewee at that time, I thought. And she wore cargo pants a white tee and a vest with a bandana classic Anita Lo style she looked at me we looked at the resume and she goes what are you doing now I work at coach she goes what do you cook there well, I don't cook I am um, I sell handbags. she goes okay thank you I was like no 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 I've been waiting for you for months to reopen just give me one chance what do you have to lose I'm young you can mold me I'm like clay very good with the metaphors so she's like all right kid you can do a trail at a local restaurant that I have a friend in, and we'll see how you do. So I got there early, did the trail, stayed to clean with the team. Didn't hear anything back. I did the follow up email, nothing. Finally, I decided to give her a call, and I was just like, "Hey, what's going on? Am I still in?" And she just said, "I have one more trail, and then we'll know." So I waited and waited. This was like maybe a month long process because you know it was very popular. And she called me one Friday night and she said, I don't know how you did it, kid, but you're a and pastry. Welcome to the team. I screamed so loud, it was as if there was a fire alarm that went off. My manager at coach had no idea what was happening, but she was very, very thrilled for me because she saw that I just started crying tears of joy. So... We reopened, got our New York Times review. I had all these lovely people that I worked with, that I taught, I had a lot of interns. I did that for a year and I was just ready for change. I wanted to combine my two degrees and work for Food Network, which at the time I was like, I don't know, is this like me trying to be a real chef or not? And I just thought to myself, if you got one life. So that's what I did. I combined my two degrees and I went to Food Network as an intern. I did a month with purchasing department, getting all the groceries for all the shows and the projects. Then I did a few months in the test kitchen for the magazine. And then finally I did six weeks with Iron Chef America. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It was amazing. I was in Kitchen Stadium. I was helping reset the stage. I was helping during the battles. Everyone was fantastic. The early call times didn't bother me. I just wanted to soak it up as much as possible. When that came to an end, my internship, I had to freelance for a little bit. That in itself was a very, very unique experience. I first started as an assistant to a food stylist and then I became my own food stylist and I started doing print work for like holidays. And then afterwards, there was a job posting as a recipe tester for Food Network. I applied and I got it and it was great. I did that for about three years, three and a half years and then I transitioned out of the test kitchen and I became an associate culinary editor. This was just when the digital space started booming in terms of working with Food Network. I would be on camera for some of the demos and eventually I ran Snapchat, like fully. Monday Bytes on Facebook Live started to launch, so I was in front of the camera now every Monday at 4 p.m. So, there was a lot more in front of the camera and understanding how videos work, um, how to be hands for a video. So, all the hands that you see when we lift up an ingredient and dump in, that takes training. So, I train people to do that. It's a whole, there's a lot, a lot of factors. It's a whole project. As a culinary producer, I manage my food stylist, my crew, budget budgets are everything. So sometimes you're like, how can I do 12 recipes in three days with loading into a space and loading out while getting the food and certain props, equipment. Um, There are so many things you have to think about when you're a culinary producer. And it doesn't stop because when you're done with one project, you're also jumping onto another project. But I have to say my favorite part about being a culinary producer is the interaction that I have with any talent or any guests that we have coming into the kitchen. I always feel like I have to welcome the guests with open arms and make them feel as comfortable as possible and making sure their demo goes as smoothly as possible. If plan A doesn't work, I already have plan B, C, and D ready to go. All the food that has to be prepared for those things are also ready to go because no one wants to be in panic and no one wants to feel like they're going to fail. Oftentimes, I get to share the same experience I shared with you today with a lot of youth groups, with a lot of urban youth groups. And I feel very, very fortunate that I'm able to do that because I was that child in those groups. Like, how, do you, how does that happen? Is that a real job? How did someone get a job like that? How do you get to get a job like that? And I go into these schools or they come to us in a conference room and I just break down the wall. Whatever they think is impossible, it's possible. In the industry, we have a term called breaking down the fourth wall. And that's when the talent addresses the audience head on. Like you look into camera and you're like, hmm. Kind of like what Deadpool does in his movies. Uh Yes, I watch a lot of Marvel stuff. Thanks, husband. So breaking down the fourth wall or letting my guard down to every... Teenager or young adult, or even adult that I speak to about how I got to where I am today, is very, very important. I always tell them life has changes. You don't need to have one set mind. It's good if you have a goal, of course. Pick an industry that you like or something that stands out to you. And then from there, talk to people, set up meetings, talk to people that have done it before, or research culinary doesn't mean you only have to be a line cook you can be a food stylist you can be a culinary producer you can be a prop stylist you can be director of photography you can be a camera person you can be post video editor you can be an editor you can be a sound tech you can be lighting you can be anything every industry has so many different opportunities and it's not all written out and guess what if you don't see it make it go for it create it Because when I wanted to be a culinary producer for digital, it didn't exist. There was no platform. I just learned. I asked questions. I researched. I watched competitors. And I was like, how do they do that? How do you do that? And just remember, write things down. And eventually, you work hard at it. You talk to people. And you make it happen for yourself. And if it's not overnight or if it's not in that time space that you think you have to meet, it's okay. Okay. Give yourself some time to grow. Understand the process. Trust the process. I'm not done just being a culinary producer. Now that I am a culinary producer and I'm able to do all these great things, like be talent on digital space or be talent on TV and guest judge and talk to people all the time, I'm not done. The sky gets higher. The dreams get bigger. I wanted to produce my own podcast, and I'm here today because i I use certain skills as a producer to produce my own stuff so don't ever take no for an answer research work hard and I live by one motto in my life if you work for something you love I don't feel like I work a day at all I'm sure it was much nicer or more fluid but that's how I honestly feel if you combine a career and a passion together it's a beautiful beautiful thing and I encourage you guys to go out there and do that and and let me know. If you guys have questions, email me, DM me. I'd love to answer you guys or if you guys want to connect, let me know. I'm happy to really, really help you figure out how it is. I might not have the answers, but I can help figure out what the starting point is. Well, it's about that time where I share the recipe of the podcast today I'm gonna show you guys how to make guacamole the way I know how to make it the way I was taught to make it by the head chef of Centrico, and it's very classic. There's no gimmicks. It's it's very very minimalist, and then you can add flavors to it if you want. The recipe is going to be on my website, and it's gonna be linked in Instagram. Click on it. If you guys make it, let me know. Tag me simmer down with Viv on Instagram, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Until next week, bye guys. Adios. Simmer Down with Viv is produced by me, Vivian Chan, and Tracy Kishkin from With You Media. For more information, visit Simmer Down with Viv on Instagram, With You Media on Instagram, or SimmerDownWithViv.com and WithYouMedia.com. Material has everything for your kitchen, from cutting boards to tools and my favorite, knives. Say hello to the trio. The 8-inch chef's knife, a 6-inch serrated knife, and a 4-inch almost knife. Three knives that you're going to need, no matter where you are or what you do. Check out materialkitchen.com or material on Instagram. Use promo code SIMMERDOWNWITHVIV for 10% off your next purchase. Stay sharp, guys and gals!